Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another week here on the Pace Place podcast. And I'm super grateful. I am super grateful this week. Oh, man, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. I just want to say welcome, welcome, and welcome again. Okay. And so today we're going to be having another episode of the importance and the power of Jesus's word. And so I'm going to go ahead and continue the series from part one and two about the sower, the parable about the sower. And I'm super grateful because this week has been such an awesome week. I have so many things going on at one time and I'm like, I'm not going to record. I'm just going to like not record. I'm tired. I'm not going to do it. I'll just do an episode next week. And I was like, no, mm -mm, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. The enemy is not going to not let me give this word so that you guys can hear and I can finish out. Well, not even finish, but almost finish. (laughs) I'm almost done. But I didn't want to miss out on a week of the series with giving you guys the explanation of the parable of the sower and just what I have gotten in Revelation and what I have gotten in study. And so I'm super grateful that you guys are here and you're joining me once again for another week to talk about the word of God. And so if you guys have not already listened to parts one and two, I advise you go ahead and listen to that. My podcast is on all podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, including Spotify, our heart radio, uh, anchor, what, however you listen to podcasts, you can find my podcast It's even on the Amazon Alexa. I mean, it's everywhere. Okay. It's streaming on all podcast platforms. Please go listen, like, and subscribe. And also I have the questions at the end of each episode where you guys can interact, send me emails and answer the questions, do the polls and all kinds of different little things like that to just let me know what you think about the episode. If you have things that you would like to add, if you want to bring something to my attention about the word, I love for you guys to be interactive with me. And so I am super grateful for that. And go ahead and check it out. Check it out. Okay. So of course, we're going to head into Luke chapter eight. And today we're going to hone in on verse 14. So this is part three. But before we get into it, I kind of want to give a background of where we've been and kind of where we're going with this. So this translation is called Eth Sefer. And my study tool that I use, um, I said in previous episodes, is the eSword on my computer. That is the letter E and sword. So E-S-W-O-R-D and it has an X on the end. So that's eSword X and you can find that in your Apple Play Store, your Google Play Store, whichever phone you have, you can go ahead and download that and it is an awesome resource for you guys to study the word of God. 
And so I'm going to go ahead and read in the Eve Sefer version. And it says, And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. And so oddly enough, it is the exact same in the King James Version. I did want to read it in that version because um, it's a new version that I downloaded and it's pretty awesome. So let's go ahead and give a kind of a background of where we're where where we've been in the series and then kind of where we're going today. And so we can see here from this parable, from this entire chapter in Luke chapter eight, that our Lord Jesus, he's going around and he's sowing the word of God. He's traveling all around to preach and to proclaim it. Wherever he speaks the seed of the word, it actually ends up in a certain kind of ground. And what I want us to understand really from this whole entire series is that we are the ground. Our bodies are the ground and we can't properly receive the seed, which is the word of God. If we don't properly till our ground and prepare our ground to receive that seed. And so I really, really want us to understand that we are the ground, okay? And it takes work for a, a, a gardener to prepare soil for seed. So I just want you guys to kind of think about that as we continue in this series, okay? That we are the ground and it takes work for our ground to be ready to receive seed. So we read all of the the kinds of grounds here that Jesus mentions. He mentions the ground, the, the seed that fell by the wayside, the seed that fell upon the rocks, the seed that fell upon the thorns that we're going to talk about today. And then he talks about the good ground, the seed that fell on the good ground. And so what we can see is that not all of the ground produce fruit in all of the cases. The seed reveals the character of the soil in which it falls. The seed is identified with the listener. And that's very important for us to understand is that the seed, the word of God, it's going to reveal our character. It's going to reveal exactly who we are because it's nothing wrong with the seed but with the soil in itself. Because the soil is, you know, contaminated or the soil is has rocks where it's hindering the growth or it has thorns where it, it's choking out the seed. You know, all of these things take part in how our seed is going to grow, how it's going to be nurtured, and what is going to come of this seed once it starts to grow and take root. And so the Lord, he speaks about the word of God and those who are sown beside the roadside or the wayside are those who hear. 
So they hear, but the devil, he comes and he takes away the word from their heart. And as a result of that, they do not believe and then they are not saved. And this is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us in a state of not believing. He wants us in a state of not being saved. Because in order to be saved, we have to believe. We have to believe in what Jesus has done for us at the cross and receive it freely because it's a gift. And so if we are the people that fell by the wayside, then we're right where the enemy wants us. Okay, he's coming and he's taking it out of our hearts because it it's just it's something that we're hearing and we're we're letting it literally go in one ear and then out of the other ear. So these hearers are not producing any fruit for the kingdom of God. And it's it's sad. It actually kind of makes me really sad. <laughs> okay, and then we have the second type of seed. And this one, the rock, the rocky soil was actually very, very interesting for me because these were the hearers that heard the word, right? They received the word with joy, but it brought forth, instead of joy, it brought forth sadness because it had no root in the conscious mind. It had no root in the consciousness of Christ. It had no root to the source. It, there was no connection. So yeah, you're you're happy. You're receiving the word. Yes, yes, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. That was such a great word. Awesome word. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Like you can feel that adrenaline rush basically in the moment. But when your faith is tested by either temptation or oppression, then there it shows the lack of faith that you have, because then these people who fell, their seed fell on the rocky ground, they fold in the time of temptation and then they stray away, far away from their initial confession that Jesus is their Lord and their Savior. And so I talk all about that one in part two. So now today is part three, where we're going to be talking about the third kind of seed, which are those who hear, but grow up among the thorns. And it's interesting because the thorns, they actually choke the seed. It choked what is sprouting up. And this is what was really interesting too, because it says, the word says, and that which fell among thorns are they, which when they heard go forth and are choked. Now the word go forth. It's not like, yeah, they, they walked and went. And as soon as they went, it was choked. The word go forth, it actually means to journey, to tarry, to continue on for a period of time. 
And so when we think about the growing process of a seed, it takes time for a seed to actually sprout up because it first has to take root down in the ground. First, the seed actually dies. It breaks open and then grows roots down into the soil, into the earth before it actually sprouts up anything out of the ground. So in that going forth, they are actually trying to live a life that is pleasing to God. But when they finally start to sprout up, okay, they have found their roots and we are sprouting up. Then we are choked out with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring forth no fruit to perfection, which I find to be the most interesting out of all three grounds that we've, well, out of the other two grounds that we've covered um, in this series. So for a while, they seem to bear fruit, right? Because everything is going good, you know, but they bring no fruit to maturity in Christ. The Lord mentions three reasons why the seed cannot really germinate and bring fruit to maturity. So first of all, there are worries. He says cares. And we know that we're, we are not supposed to worry about anything. Okay, he tells us, don't worry, (laughs) don't worry. So the fact that there are cares that are choking us out, someone is overwhelmed by the cares, by the things of what am I going to eat? What am, where am I going to sleep? How am I going to afford? My bills are more than my, uh, my income or all of these different things that we worry about our children. Um, you know, our finances, you know, uh, our, our means, how are we going to get back and forth to work? My car broke down. Like, I just can't see an end to this. All of these cares and worries are overwhelming us to a point where the word of God is being choked out of us. While all the time the word tells us not to worry about these things. And while we are worrying about these things, the word is being choked out of us. The enemy is doing his work by keeping us focused on the worries, on the things that we don't have control over instead of our minds being focused on the word of God and what he has already promised us and what we already have if we choose to keep our minds stayed on him. So not only are there cares, but then there are riches. There are 
riches. Okay. So yeah, we, we like our luxurious lifestyle, all of these things, right? All of the, the beauty and the abundance and all of the stuff that we like. Okay. This luxurious lifestyle that we want to live. It's actually choking the word of God out of us to the point where we're not bringing any fruit to maturity because we are living in this double-minded mindset. And then we have the third, okay, the pleasures of this life. The pleasures of this life can be a cause that the word brings no fruit to maturity. People hear the word, think it sounds good, but are absorbed in everything life has to offer. They do not find true pleasure in life of and for the Lord. Everything is carnal. Everything is about possession. Everything is tangible. And it's actually very, very interesting of the word choke. Because the word choke, it doesn't, it means, yes, strangle. Yeah, in the English language, you know, to strangle. But in the Greek, when I when I looked it up, the word actually means to press around the seed of the divine word sown in the mind. And I found that to be so amazing, but then so sad at the same time that we as people can be so carnal that the seed of the divine word that is sown in our mind can be choked out, can be pressed out of us by the tangible things of this world. When we are called to walk by faith and not by sight, when we are called to not worry, to not fret, but in all things to be thankful, in all things to seek first after the kingdom of God and all things will be added into us. So if we continue to seek after the kingdom of God, to seek after his righteousness, there is nothing that the Lord will withhold from us. In the seeking, he will provide the answers to what we are seeking for. And in that, we are worried about God's business and he on the back end is taking care of our business. And that is the part that we really have to understand. We we hear the word and in hearing it, we, we grasp the deep things, the, the deep meanings. And for a part of each day, we honestly try to live the life which the divine word has pressed upon our subconscious mind. But with this, there is another life side by side with that golden grain or this 
the the good seed that is sprouting up has grown crops of thorns, has grown crops of worldly things, which unless we destroy it in time, will utterly choke us. It will utterly suffocate the true crop that we are meant to bring to a full harvest to bear much fruit. And this is the double-mindedness that James speak of in the book of James about trying to serve two masters, God and the world. It's just not possible. And after suggesting that the cares and the riches and the pleasures of of this life and our time are such things as our houses, right? Our land, our jobs, our honor, clothes, this magnificent grand lifestyle, all the grander things that we can think of, all of the amazing possessions that we can think of. All these things come more or less to all men, to every single person in this world, okay? In some way, form, or fashion. But the thing is, is that some men, they they lay themselves up under the influence of tangible things. And this is where we allow ourselves to be twisted up with the serpent, for him to explore every susceptibility of our being, every vulnerable place that we have, he's going to explore it. He's going to come in, roll around, get comfortable and destroy our spirituality on top of our actuality. And this is what we have to be careful of. And it also makes me think about the rich young ruler who Jesus asked to sell all of his possessions and follow him. There must have been something about this young man that even made Jesus stop and speak with him. It was for a point to be proven to us so that we can continue to see this pattern in the word of God where the materialistic things of this world does not matter when it comes to serving God. He owns it all. The possessions that we think we have are not really ours to think, to say or to even think that it is because it isn't. All things are given to us by the Lord. All things that we have is to be used by us for the benefit, the profiting, the building of the kingdom of God. That's what we have to understand. The the things that we have is not really ours in the first place. But yet and still, we hold on to them so tight that it's choking us literally from the inside out. The real true crop that we are, that we have been chosen 
to harvest, can, we can never bring forth fruit to perfection, to maturity because we're so carnal, because of our ways of thinking. And then it also makes me think about Ananias and Sapphira, how they had given up so much for Jesus's namesake, for the sake of the church. They have associated themselves with people who were hated, people who were being persecuted for their faith. They sacrificed a large portion of their property to help the poor, okay? They were all pulling in their stuff, uh, selling their land, selling their crops, whatever they had to offer. And yet, these apparently devoted ones were living a double life. The thorns had so grown up in them that they ended up dying. They were never even capable of bringing forth fruit to maturity or even ripen fruit because of the double-mindedness in them. They, they both dropped dead instantly because they're trying to serve possessions, worldly things, and the things of God. And we know that we cannot serve both. We have to make a decision. And in making a decision, we have to then live in that decision, walk in that decision, and not be lukewarm. We know what happens to the lukewarm people. Jesus tells us that he will vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. That's disgusting. He tells us to plainly pick a side because if we're on the side of Satan operating in evil, we can be used. And if we're on the side of God operating in the Holy Spirit, we can be used. But when we are straddling the fence, being double-minded, God don't even know what to do with us with that. With that lukewarm believer. We do not want to be the ground of thorns and thistles that grow up and choke, that suppresses the divine word that is meant to be sown in our minds for the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life going on, going forth, are choked. But it's it's not something, and like I said earlier, it's not something that is going from us, but it's actually something that's going on inside of us because we are the ground. We are the ground. So if we are the ground, that means the thorns is in us. Already, the seed is trying to be planted, it's trying to take root, but then the thorns that we have in us, which chokes and suffocates the word that is being heard, whereby it becomes of no effect. 
So now what is the work that we need to do to clear our grounds out? To make sure that the seed that we are trying to receive, that we are hearing of, is being dropped in the good ground. The seed that fell among thorns or were sown on thorny ground represents the hearers. From hearing, they go forth and they're choked. From hearing the word and then going to their worldly business or go on in the pursuit of their worldly lust and pleasures, notwithstanding anything, not sustaining anything. And so I want us to be conscious about the things that we listen to, the things that we do, the things that we say, how we act, the people that we hang around. What are we being influenced by? What are we being influenced by? We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be able to be that good ground and we can do it. We have to lean on the Holy Spirit. We have to believe in what Jesus has done for us. We have to continue to receive the word over and over and over again, no matter how many times it takes for the Holy Spirit to continue to allow his influence to be on us, to be continued to be pressed upon us. Prayer. Asking God to remove the carnality out of our minds, to allow that double-mindedness to be stayed only on him, to have our thoughts be brought into the captivity of the Lord. There is no other way. If not, we're continuing to operate in our own will and not in the will of God. But the word tells us, to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord. Because in trusting in God, we are leaning on him. In trusting in God, we are believing in him so that we can bring forth fruit to maturity. And in that bringing forth, it's actually so funny because the, uh, let me see, let me go back to it. It says, and bring no fruit to perfection. In the bringing forth of fruit to perfection, the definition of this is, it says, of animals bringing their young to maturity of pregnant women. Isn't that interesting? In the effort, right, of bringing fruit to perfection, it is like being pregnant. It is like an animal 
bringing their young to maturity, training that young calf or goat or chicken or whatever to the point where it is mature, to the point where it can hunt on its own, it can eat on its own, it can do everything on its own. It's of a pregnant woman bringing a a seed to a full-term labor. Out comes a baby. And then the growing that baby up to maturity. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. We cannot let the cares of this world have such an influence on us that we can't focus on anything else but those cares. We don't want to be the ground of thorns that sprang up and choked the word out of ourselves. Because of our ideology, because of our double-mindedness, because of the fact that we think that we can still live in this world and be of this world, we are not. We are called to be set apart. And in that separation, it does not mean that we're better than anyone. It does not mean that we're above anyone, that we're higher or any of that. What it means is that in that setting apart, in that separation from the world, we are abiding in God. We are operating in his will. We are making those decisions in the will of God. We are deciding to do things that expose us to him, for him to stay in contact with him because he is the only one that can lead us. He is the only one that can guide us. And we can only do that by disciplining ourselves to be consciously connected to Christ, to be set apart and not be of the world, but live in the world knowing that there is a separation. Our eternal value depends on us being the good ground. It depends on us trusting in God, abiding in him, being faithful. The connection is maintained by obedience and prayer. And I'm going to keep saying that because it is powerful. Your obedience is powerful. Your obedience is your breakthrough. And no, your ground might not be good ground because when we are starting out, when we are coming into the knowledge of Christ, our grounds may be the ground of the wayside. It may be the rocky ground. It may be the thorny ground. 
But know that if we continue to press toward the mark of the higher calling, continue to be in prayer and continue to walk in obedience to remain in Christ and to allow his words to remain in us. Eventually, we will look back and say, wow, I have really come a long way. Eventually, we can proclaim to be the good ground in which Christ intended for us to be. He intended for us to be good ground. He wants us to be good ground. He died for us to be good ground. And we have to keep working toward that. We have to keep pressing toward that. We have to understand that it is the grace that is given to us that allows us to keep pushing forward, that allows us to keep walking in the righteousness of God. It is what allows the spiritual life that is in us, the Holy Spirit, to be master in our lives, to continue to lead and guide us so that we may do true work for the kingdom of God for the building of the kingdom of God. It is what allows us to be consciously connected to him who created us. We have to renew our minds in the knowledge of him who created us. And we have to understand that it's always within we are the ground. So if our ground has thorns in it, it's time to till that ground. And in that tilling, what does that look like? What are we doing? How are we studying? Are we asking God for fresh revelation? Are we being influenced by worldly things, by cares, by riches, by pleasures or our desires, our, our lustful desires? What is influencing our lives that we cannot bring our fruit to maturity? We're bearing the fruit, but before it becomes mature, it's being choked up because we're trying to live a double life. It's just not possible. We cannot mingle with Satan and think that we're going to bear good fruit. Or any fruit at all. And so I pose the question to you guys today. What ground are you? What are you doing to till your ground? Do you want to be good ground? And with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Most gracious and heavenly father, I thank you, Father God, for this day. Ooh, I thank you for opportunity, Lord God. I just thank you because of who you are. I thank you for everyone who is listening in on this podcast today, Father God. I thank you that you are doing your perfect work in each and every last single one of us, Father God. Hallelujah.
I thank you, Father God, because I can just, I can feel your presence, Lord God. I can feel your Holy Spirit rising up in me, Lord God. And I just continue to thank you. I continue to praise you because you are awesome. Hallelujah. Father God, I just ask you to continue to allow every single person that is listening and including myself to continue to allow us to walk in your word, Father God, to walk in who you have called us to be, to allow the potential that you have placed inside of us to rise up, Father God. Allow us to be the people who you have called us to be, Father God. Show us opportunity, Lord God. Even if it's looking bleak, Lord God, even in the times where we may be worrying about things, Lord God, where we may be worrying about our finances, Lord God, or any things that may be coming up against us, Lord God, our children, Lord God, our houses, or where what are we going to eat, Lord God, allow us our minds to be stayed on you. Allow us to know that you are our father and all we have to do is continue to seek after you, continue to seek after your righteousness, Lord God, continue to seek after the things that are good, the things that are pure, the things that are true, the things that are godly, the things that are righteous, the things that are of you, Father God. I continue to just thank you and praise you, Lord God. I pray that the word, Lord God, that has just gone forth on this podcast, Lord God, continues to reach who it needs to reach, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you continue to allow our minds to be stayed on you, Lord God. Allow our consciousness, Lord God, to be elevated in you, Lord God. Allow our spirits to rise up in us, to take charge of our flesh, Lord God, even when it may seem hard, Father God, even when it may seem like we just don't know what we're doing. We just don't know which way to turn, Lord God, but your Holy Spirit will continue to lead us. Your Holy Spirit will continue to guide us. We can trust in it. Build up our trust, Lord God. Build up our faith in you, Lord God. We just continue to thank you and we continue to praise you and honor you just because of who you are. Amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast with your host, Latrell Pace. And don't forget to tune in next week for the final episode in this series, part four of the importance and the power of Jesus's word, where we're going to sit down, have a little drink of some coffee or some tea and talk about the good ground. How that good ground hears the word and brings forth much fruit with patience. So don't forget to tune in next week for another episode here on the Pace Place podcast.